Hello, it's the Sasquatch here from the Busted Barstools podcast. I'm here for episode one of my mini-series Monsters of the Clubhouse. This episode features on Keelan Winslow Jr. It does feature scenes and depictions of sexual violence and is intended for a mature audience. It is heavily influenced by a fantastic article written by Robert Clemo and featured in Sports Illustrated in June of 2019. For those of you that don't know, Keelan Winslow Jr., was born in San Diego. He is the son of former San Diego Chargers and Hall of Fame tight end Keelan Winslow Sr. He attended the University of Miami and was drafted sixth by the Cleveland Browns. He is currently facing 12 to 18 years in prison with sentencing postponed due to the coronavirus pandemic. But in order to fully understand Keelan Winslow Jr., his rise and his fall from grace, we need to first hit rewind. Chapter 1 Keelan Boswell Winslow Sr. By no means is, is Keelan Winslow the man or his actions a factor in Keelan Winslow Jr.'s behaviour, but it is first important to understand the level of fame, the level of reputation that Keelan Winslow Jr. was born into. Keelan Boswell Winslow Sr. was born in 1957 in the state of Illinois. He attended Missouri. And in his time with the Missouri Tigers, he recorded 71 receptions, 1,089 yards and 10 touchdowns. In 1979, he was drafted 13th overall by the San Diego Chargers, now the Los Angeles Chargers. He spent his entire career in San Diego, retiring in 1987 owing to an injury. In his career, he logged 109 games, 541 receptions, 6,741 yards and 45 touchdowns. He is a first baller, Hall of Famer in both the pro and college game and is largely heralded as the finest tight end to ever play the game. During his, San Diego, during his time in San Diego, he married Katrina Ramsey and they had two children, Keelan Winslow Jr. and Justin Winslow. Chapter 2, Early Life and College Career As stated previously, Keelan Jr. was born in San Diego he was born in 1983 during his father's playing days. His only other sibling, Justin, sadly passed away in 2006 at the age of just 23. During his early years, Keelan Sr. actively discouraged Junior from playing football. He wished him to find his niche in other sports such as basketball, baseball, as well as being more academically minded. However, for the junior and senior years of high school, Keelan Winslow Jr. transferred to Scripps Ranch High School. And it is here that Keelan Jr. began and started to excel at America's favourite passing. He then enrolled in the University of Miami between 2001 to 2003. These years were largely successful for Miami. In 2001, Miami won the national championship. However, Keelan Winslow Jr. was largely a special teams player. This is largely because he was stuck behind Giants great Jeremy Shockey. However, for Winslow's sophomore season, Shockey had been drafted by the Giants and Winslow became the starter. During the 2002 season, he set records for Miami in receptions, yards and touchdowns. However, ultimately, Miami was beaten by the Ohio State Buckeyes in the National Championship game. His final year with Miami was a down year for the university 
However, it was perhaps Winslow Jr.'s finest year. He received first-team All-American honours. It was in this season that Winslow Jr. attracted attention for all the wrong reasons for the first time. Following a 10-6 loss to the Tennessee Volunteers, Winslow referred to himself as a fucking soldier. This was despite no military background, and he was later forced to apologise. Chapter 3 The Cleveland Browns Following his three years hiatus in Miami, Winslow Jr. was drafted by the Cleveland Browns with the sixth pick of the 2004 NFL Draft. This made him the highest selected tight end in over 30 years. Two games into his rookie season, however, disaster struck, and Winslow broke his right fibula and was sidelined for the remainder of the season. This cost him close to 5.3 million in incentives. Forward to this, in May of 2005, Winslow was thrown from a Suzuki, tearing his ACL and later a six-week staph infection, which meant he missed the entire 2005 season. 2006 was Winslow's first full season. He arrived at the Browns training camp and then sent to the Associated Press, I hate to be brash, but my 90% is superior to every other tight end. And Winslow largely proved himself a reliable target during his open season. He tied Ozzie Newsom's record for all-time Browns receptions. However, the Browns finished 4-12 and and missed the playoffs. In 2007, following further off-season surgery to repair cartilage following the Suzuki accident, Winslow made the Pro Bowl, finishing for 82 receptions, 1,106 yards and 5 TDs. The Browns finished 10-6, however... They failed to miss the playoffs. The only 9-plus team to miss the playoffs that season. During the 2008 season, Winslow was hospitalised with a staph infection and this led to a colossal fallout between Winslow Jr. and the Browns organisation. This was the seventh case of staph infection in the Browns organisation in the previous number of years and his public statements bashing the medical staff at the Browns led to his trade to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for a second round pick in the 2009 draft and a fifth round pick for the 2010 draft. Chapter 4 Tampa, Seattle, New England, New York. In February of 2009, following his trade to Tampa Bay, Winslow Jr. signed a six year, $36 million deal. This was the biggest contract for a tight end at the time. Again, in 2009, he, sent, he set franchise records, but ultimately the Bucks finished 3 13. And failed to make the playoffs. In 2010, similar to his second full season in Cleveland, he led the team in receptions and the Bucks finished 10 and 6. Yet again, for the second time in his career, he failed to make the playoffs with a 10 and 6 record. This was owing to strong interconference rivals Atlanta finishing 13 and 3 and New Orleans finishing 11 and 5. It is worth noting that 2010 Super Bowl champs were in fact Green Bay with an identical 10 and 6 record. In 2011, he was again the team leader in receptions, but for a third successive year, the Bucks missed the playoffs, finishing 4-12. Following a breakdown in camp, Winslow announced he was, he was informed by front office staff at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers he would be tra traded or released, and this all but ended his career. Winslow was traded to Seattle in May of 2012, however in September of 2012 he was released after declining to reduce his salary. He was signed by New England on September 18th. However, 
he requested and was granted release on September 27th after playing just one game. He sat out the remainder of the 2012 season before signing a one-year contract with the Jets in June of 2013. However, by October, Winslow was suspended for violating the league's performance-enhancing drug policy. And despite a failed comeback in 2006, this was very much the end of Keelan Winslow Jr., the athlete, and the beginning of Keelan Winslow, the monster. Chapter 5 The Monster Off the Field Winslow Jr. has been accused and convicted at the time of recording of a spree of sexual abuse, harassments, and assaults. In June of 2018, Winslow Jr. was arrested fleeing a mobile home park in California. He was charged with first degree burglary. A week later, Winslow was arrested on charges of kidnapping and rape. In July of 2018, Winslow was ordered to stand trial for kidnap and rape for two similar cases of sexual assault. In a separate case again in July 2018, Winslow was charged with raping an unconscious 17-year-old back in 2003 when he was just 19. Winslow was placed on house arrest for GPS monitoring after posting bail in the region of US$2 million. In March of 2019, he was jailed after two new counts of lewd conduct and one count of battery of an elder and willful cruelty to an elder. All counts are alleged to have taken place in February of 2019. Winslow has since been convicted of rape, one count of lewd conduct and decent exposure. He was acquitted on one charge of lewd conduct following a mistrial. He was retried in September 2019 and in November 2019 he was sentenced to 12 to 18 years but may face life if retried. He waived his right to appeal and will be on lifestyle parole if ever released. March 18th, he was due to be sentenced. However, this was postponed owing to fears over the coronavirus pandemic. Chapter six, the accusations. This chapter details incredibly sensitive content with depictions and descriptions sexual abuse, harassment and assault. It is intended for a mature audience and listener discretion is advised. The Keelan Winslow case ultimately falls on five incredibly brave women who came forward to testify against Keelan Winslow, not just the athlete, but the socialite. This is their story, the charges applied to the case and the outcome. Jane Doe won, 55 year old, woman who testified that on March 17, 2018, she was hitchhiking when picked up by Winslow, driven to, to a secluded area where he raped her and threatened to kill her. The defence lobbied that she had a bit of a drinking history and the date in question as we all know was St. Patrick's Day and multiple opportunities for escape. The charges were kidnapped for a specific felony crime, forcible rape and forcible oral copulation. The outcome was a split jury on all three charges, 7-5 in favour of guilt, Winslow's most favourable on the remaining eight counts. Jane Doe, number two, 59 year old homeless woman, described Winslow as offering rides, meals and coffee over, over the course of months, at one time offering money for sex 
which she declined. She testified that on May 13, 2018, Winslow picked her up with an offer of coffee, instead pulled over, choked her, raved her from behind while standing outside the passenger side of his vehicle, then ejaculated into the roadside dirt. The charges were forcible rape and sodomy by use of force. The outcome, thankfully, Gillian Winslow Jr. was found guilty of forcible rape and sentenced to eight years. The jury, however, could not reach a verdict on sodomy by use of force. Jane Doe Tree, a 59-year-old Vietnamese woman, testified via translator that on May 24, 2018, while cutting flowers in her front yard, Winslow approached her and after a brief conversation, he exposed his penis to her. She her description of his tattoos and GPS data from his bike found Winslow guilty of indecent exposure. Jane Doe 4, 33 at the time of trial, came forward with accusations from 2003 when she was just 17. She testified the two had a consensual sexual encounter at a house party that was cut short owing to Winslow requesting his friend watch. Fast forward a few weeks at a similar house party, she alleges that she awoke to Winslow raping her from behind while pushing her face into the crotch of his friend. Owing to discrepancies in her testimony, the jury could not reach a verdict on either count of forcible rape or one count of rape of an unconscious person. The jury was split 10 to 2 in favour of guilt and favour forcible rape. Jane Doe 5, 77-year-old regular gym user. She came, Winslow approached her, touching himself through clothing, asked if she liked it, and on a separate occasion, he joined her in a hot tub and began masturbating. Winslow was found guilty of the first count of lewd conduct, but acquitted of the second count. Chapter 7. The Makings of a Monster In order to understand where someone with such a high profile as Keenan Winslow Jr. become such a monster, we need to peel back the curtain. And I mean, the defence is lobbied. Firstly, it was chronic, traumatic, encephalopathy, or CTE. This was cited by the defence as a possible cause. However, it was deemed that this could not be used as a defence in the trial. The second defence lobbied, wildly enough, was the Me Too movement, as we all are probably aware by now what the meeting movement is but it was stated by Winslow Jr it was a money grab it was an attempt to make money off a high profile male neither of which really offers a viable explanation as to how someone who had been afforded every advantage in life such as Keenan Winslow Jr could become so depraved I mean Keenan Winslow Jr was born to a level of fame further escalated by his athletic prowess on the field that he lived a life with a level of protection not afforded to regular members of society but by all means the writing had been on the wall for a number of years for Keenan Winslow Jr and, and his behaviour a former coach who wished to remain anonymous is quoted teammates begged out of shared hotel room assignments with Winslow because he watched pornography and masturbated openly he showed the signs of being a perv, but clearly it has escalated. Again, former teammates who also wish to remain anonymous 
were quoted as saying that Winslow could count on an empty seat next to him on the private jet on, on, on return trips from away games. This is owing to his ritual of watching pornography on his portable DVD player. It's possible that instead of CTE, the explanation offered could have been compulsive sexual behavioral disorder, or CSBD. Dr. Neil Malmuth, a social scientist and professor of psychology at UCLA, specializing in sexual violence, adds that Winslow's stardom, fame and wealth may have played a huge part in his actions. He's quoted, you would think he would have access to any number of women, but our research indicates that sexual arousal to power over women, arousal to being able to subdue women, and hostility toward women are parts of an entitled narcissistic personality. Men of privilege are often the greatest risk. Dr. Malmuth is, almost, is also cited as stating that the common thread among his five alleged victims is their vulnerability. The age of the five accusers range from 17 to 77. A hitchhiker, a homeless woman, a woman working in a front yard, a schooler, a high schooler that he passed out at a party, and an elderly gym user. It's hard to believe that Winslow would have ever crossed paths with any of these women, but therein lies the behaviour of a sexual predator. And it poses the question, how guilty is Winslow of his crimes versus how guilty is wider society? It's all too common for us to turn a blind eye to minor indiscretions by promising and talented athletes. But when does this cross the line from preferential treatment to fostering a culture where young athletes believe that they are above the law? And that's the story of Keelan Winslow Jr. I hope you all enjoyed episode 1 of Monsters of the Clubhouse. If you did or you didn't, make sure to leave us a review wherever you find this podcast. Or even pop us a direct message on Instagram. And it'll also it'll help us improve. You can find us on Instagram, The Busted Barstools. And there we'll have details of upcoming episodes of Monsters of the Clubhouse. As well as our main show, The Busted Barstools Podcast.